0: My Story, An Autobiography of a Homosexual Christian by Derek Michael Shaw Episode 29, My Sexy Story Tuesday, February 6th, 2018, 11.52pm I will be the voice for the voiceless. Day 37, and I am not only over my relationship with Tracy, God has shown me his love and power so many times this week that I'm actually excited about falling in love again because the man that I'm going to love is going to love God and that will inform and guide his love for me just as my love of God will temper and strengthen my relationship and my partner, whoever that will be. I guess it could be Tracy. He has the potential at least, knowing his family and his history with the church. He is just so hurt and confused about life, about what's important to prioritize and worry about. He even did it at dinner today, where he said he would take the final class to get the Honors History Double Major, when it would make so much more sense to grieve and examine himself, or even talk to his little sister. But he is on his own journey. I can only show him God's love, and my love, because I still love him. And so I need to pray for him. And ask my family and friends to pray for him for only God can redeem him just like God redeemed me I think I can leave miracle Sunday where it is at as the real miracle was me encountering God and him changing my heart I'm so incredibly grateful for that and I'm so excited to tell my story to tell God's story of my life I feel like I have some kind of crazy magic power I chatted up every deli clerk, checker, fishmonger at Whole Foods tonight, and I can now control a conversation, steer it to calm waters, or make it a little more spicy to keep someone interested. Not only that, but the letter from my mother is amazing. It talks about how I have a loving and compassionate nature, and I still do, and it's even stronger now because I have experienced romantic love and I know pain and heartache. I understand the cycle of abuse and regret, and the only way to stop it is by embracing and walking right next to God. And then you need to accept your story, because that's what I did on Miracle Sunday. I accepted God's truth about His nature, that He is good. He is oh so good. And He is the only reason I am where I am at right now. Who can say that after 37 days of being broken up? And I received new miracles today of how God can bless you and show you the truth about yourself. That truth comes from the love of parents for their child. I see that love reflected in the letters written by my parents. But God is way cooler than that, because I like adventures, and I've always wanted a superpower. Well, I'd say I'm on an adventure now, and my superpower is understanding and using attachment theory to bless people to listen to them, to speak truth to them, and to help them stop the cycle of abuse, physical, emotional, and yes, even spiritual abuse. What the church has done to homosexual children, God's homosexual creations, is abusive. Telling someone their dreams are sinful is abusive. Telling someone that being gay is a lifestyle is abusive. A lifestyle is going to church and not allowing God to move in you. And I did that. I missed out on this awesome adventure that I'm now on with God. And it's emotionally abusive to push your child away when they only come to you for love, acceptance, and support. But God always provides. I noticed something about my mother's letter. It is fully written on a green piece of paper, both sides. Only one word is underlined on the letter, and it was done by my mom as she wrote it. It's not love or God or Jesus. It is proud. Let that sink in a moment. Why would that be important to me? Because gay people are proud. I am out and proud. We hold pride festivals and parades. Is the underline just a coincidence, as my therapist said? Or is it a miracle that I followed my parents' plan for my life by eventually going to Wheaton College, and so I received their letters, which I only kept because they were full of love and support? I returned my mother's hateful and pain-filled letter she gave me when I came out, as I believe it was truly about self-hate and ignorance. And I kept my parents' letters moving from Wheaton to Montana, to Seattle, Washington, to Delaware, to Montana, to Portland, to San Francisco, and back to Portland. I've lived in over 11 apartments and houses in that time, but I kept my parents' teachings and my story contained in those letters. And then I have this religious awakening about the nature of God, that He accepts me as I am, and that He planned out my story. The letters speak of a mother's and father's love for the child, They can't help, so they need to depend on someone else to take care of him. But it was incredibly hard on my mom. My dad's letter, on the other hand, is just loving. When I was in the oxygen tent, he was still close by, just as our Heavenly Father is close. Mom says putting me into the hands of the experts was a good decision, and I've recovered with no lasting scars. And I've done the same in my relationship with Tracy. I've recovered with no lasting scars. And here I thought I would have to leave Portland because it was too painful to be around him. At age 25, I put down any serious consideration of the church because I never understood how my homosexuality could coexist with my Christianity. I couldn't accept that I am wonderfully made, every part, including my sexuality, my homosexuality. Monogamy is hot. I've always thought so. When you trust someone and they know you, you can have the best sex of your life. I even had that with Tracy for a time. Plus, who do we make fun of and tease? Sluts. People who sleep around or who hook up indiscriminately. We never want to be called that or have people gossiping behind our backs. And what saved me from my heartache? How did I get over the breakup of a nine-year relationship so easily? Not because of anything that I did, but because God called me to write my story. And that started with the homosexual part and ended with the Christian part. We need to move from my hands to halo. And that's only possible by trusting and loving the person you are with. My story is powerful. It is a story of redemption. It's a story of love. It's a story of honesty. It's a story of God's love for humanity. Because if God can devise this crazy adventure I've experienced in the past two days, then anything is possible. Chapter 17, My Sexy Story Revisited Sex outside of my relationship with Tracy was one of the primary reasons it failed. It caused brokenness and hurt and mistrust. My decision to hook up with Aaron caused a rift in our relationship that was never fully healed. Tracy's desire for sex outside the relationship led him to Scott, which led him out of the relationship sexually and eventually emotionally. So I choose to keep the sex in my story. I told you at the start of my story that I would help you understand what it means to be homosexual. The amount of hooking up and sexual exploration that I did in this story is representative of virtually all homosexuals. And in many ways, I'm not any different from your average gay man. But in other ways, I'm still a bit of an oddity. I actually have written a list of everyone I have ever had sexual contact with in my life. I started it after I had moved to Montana and kept it up to date from 2005 to 2008 during my quote-unquote slutty phase. Most homosexuals have a slutty phase, and probably many heterosexuals as well. I had filed it away in a safe place with my passport after I got into my relationship with Tracy, but I never got rid of it. I recently found it again when preparing to apply for a travel visa to New Zealand. I did have to add to it since I had hooked up a few times at the end of my relationship with Tracy. In total, as of Miracle Sunday, I have been with 48 men in a sexual capacity. Many of these were nothing more than blowjobs, handjobs, or mutual masturbation. Some others did involve fingering or rimming, but actual topping or bottoming, that's a different story. In my entire life, I have only ever topped two men, Ryan and Tracy and have bottomed for four men, Ryan, Tracy, and the two New Year's Eve 21-year-olds at STEAM. This is very low, as most gay men could reach this mark within the first month or two of hooking up. After much consideration and debate, the sex stays in my story, although many specific details have been removed. Sex is a part of my story, The sexual events that I have experienced have influenced who and what I am attracted to and the people I have met. They have helped make me the man I am today. And I am extremely proud of who I am. Chapter 18 Geronimo After I had broken up with Tracy in February 2018, I spoke to my older siblings and their spouses regarding their beliefs about homosexuality. I've been shocked and disappointed. I've heard some very challenging statements from them. When Trevor says to me, I do believe homosexuality is an expression of our sin nature, it is incredibly hurtful. It is saying that I have been sinning almost every day of my life since age 13 for simply thinking about a guy in a sexual context. I've been sinning for simply wanting to be in a committed, loving, sexual relationship with another man. Because to me, that is what it means to be homosexual. If homosexuality is sinful, it means my dreams are sinful. My mind is sinful. My God-given sexual attraction is sinful. Joni says being gay is a lifestyle, which implies it is a choice. Did any of you choose to be straight? Do you really think that me, high school valedictorian, honors student, Wheaton College salutatorian, top-tier personal banker, 2010 top U.S. bank loan analyst, someone who has been successful in friendships, jobs, and virtually every other aspect of life up to the age of 25, would choose to make my life more difficult by engaging in homosexual activity. Of course not. I engage in homosexual activities because I am homosexual. Being gay isn't my lifestyle. It is who God created me to be. Rachel states, every single thought I've had about a man in a sexual or romantic way is sinful. How could any of you live under the weight of that statement? Because this isn't a feeling or action that negatively impacts my life when I express it. That is greed, lust, pride, or envy. When I express my homosexuality, it positively impacts my life. I am free from the fear of judgment, of the fear of hiding who I truly am, of being ashamed of how God created me to be. And when I find a man to be in a God-loving, Christ-centered, monogamous marriage, I can't even fathom how that would be sinful. Jason implies that I should live a celibate lifestyle, because he says acting on my homosexual thoughts is the sinful part of being homosexual so that must mean I've been called to celibacy. Except I tried to embrace celibacy from 2002 to 2005 and was miserable because of my sex drive and because of my desire to have a romantic relationship. If any heterosexual struggled with those types of thoughts and desires, the church would tell him or her to get married right away. At least that's what 1 Corinthians 7.9 says. But because I want that from another man, I need to instead commit my life to celibacy? If we take another approach, how do you know you are not called to celibacy? I would argue that the presence of sexual attraction and the desire for sexual intimacy is the prime reason most people are not called to celibacy. I love God and I love my family. I've been patient and kind and forgiving to my family just like I was patient and kind and forgiving to Tracy. But I also feel hurt by my family, just like I was hurt by Tracy. Why can only two out of the six of the original Shaw family even claim to have met my former partner or tried to understand my situation or his? Why have only Kendra and Jonathan visited me in Portland? Why did only Jonathan, a smiley and a phone call, and Joni, a text the following day, respond to my Miracle Sunday text. It was about connecting with God and reconnecting with the entire family. Isn't that something that should be celebrated and talked about? I kept in contact with my family throughout my entire life, but was never able to be completely open about my life, my passions, or my partnership with Tracy. I've shown my family love by continuing to stay connected to them, even when they were not recognizing how hurtful and sad and painful it has been for me to have a family that chose not to involve themselves in my quote-unquote lifestyle. Because for me, this has never been a lifestyle. For the longest time, I was confused what my homosexuality meant. But I now know the truth. I heard it on Miracle Sunday. The truth is that God created me as a homosexual and placed me in a family that would teach me to love him, honor him, and live for his glory. Only I wouldn't realize what that truly meant until I had tried to satisfy my soul in every other way possible. This is my story, a story of disappointment and rejection, but also a story of hope and redemption. From age 13 to age 25, I was a Christian dealing with homosexual attraction. From age 25 to 37, I was a homosexual dealing with Christian attraction. Only after walking away from the God of my childhood and losing all the relationships that I held most dear with my family, with my friends, and with my partner was I able to realize and embrace the knowledge that I was, am, and always will be, exactly who God created me to be, a homosexual Christian. And why did I realize this? Because the Holy Trinity never walked away from me. They were there, waiting for me, protecting me, and preparing me for a whole new adventure. Next time, On my story, episode 30, Reflections from the Other Side.